Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Eye of the Tigers. I'm your host, Kiwi Moran. My co-host, Caitlin Summers, can't be here today um, because of her class schedule. But um, this week, we're talking about Monon. It is Monon week. Um, and today, I have with me a senior offensive lineman, Adam Amons. Hello, everybody. All right, Adam. So I know talking about Monon on Monon week is not good for you guys. Yeah, it's kind of like a forbidden thing, but I at least wanted to get some player perspective out here and what we think of because, like I no one knows what a player's perspective is, and I don't even know what a fan's perspective is like, so it's kind of opening the door a little bit. That's fair. So um, first I wanted to talk about um, just DePaul football in general, you know. Um, so how's the season gone? I know you guys are 7-0 and right now. Um, but you have had a couple close games. So um, talk me through what this season's been like for you guys. It's It's been a roller coaster overall. You start off with a Rose Holman. It was a tough little game that we started off with. It helped build our identity as a team. And as you progress through the season, we have a couple challenges in our way. Wittenberg was a fun game. It really brought us to what kind of team we are and the challenges that we need to face and overcome in order to win tough games like Monon this week. <clears throat> And then outside that, this season's really been about how can we get better as a team and get better individually so that way when we get to big moments like this, it's we're able to perform. Yeah, and what's the build-up to Monon been like now that you like, playing through the games? I mean, you're a senior now, so, like, you've had two other years on top of this. So, like, what is the build-up usually consistent of? This, this year's different because of bye week. Okay. We've had... Like the first nine weeks, we've had just gone straight, and so now we got this last week to recover and start delving into game plan a little earlier, but we also were trying to focus on ourselves. We we didn't really care about what other people were saying because recently we've been getting the questions of, oh, what's Monon going to be like? And we just say, we're focusing on our technique, we're focusing on ourselves. We don't really want to listen to the outside noise because of that's not what we're focused on and that's not what we're going for. It's not a team goal of ours. Yeah, and honestly, like, I think um, those questions of, like, what's Monon going to be like, I've, I find it interesting that they're asking football players as people who are going to, like, not be partaking in what the usual student body, like, does for mm -hmm. Monon. And so, like, I think it's funny, unless they're actively talking about, like, are you guys going to win? Do you guys think you're good enough? Like... Also, I think that, like, as much as we want, like, I want to say DePaul's going to win. Like, I'm always saying DePaul's going to win. But also, like, I mean, the close, you've had two close games this, this season, and every time I went, oh, DePaul's got them. This is going to be a tough game, but DePaul's got them. And you guys did pull it out of the bag, but for a long time I was sitting there biting my nails, you know? So I think it's like as much as we want to say that, yeah, DePaul's going to win, you never really know until you get there. It's the, the game's never over. You can't lose a game in the first three quarters. You can only lose a game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And so no matter what happens, there's going to be no bars held. There's both of us are playing for the conference championship, chance for playoffs. There's everything's going to be thrown in, in the kitchen sink. Yeah. And we expect that on offense. We expect it on defense. We know Wabash is not going to hold anything back. And I'm not, I mean, we're prepared, I would believe. And they've got a great team. It's not like we're going to say there's, there is no certainty in life to begin with. Yeah. But they're a good team. 
I mean, heck, I think they're returning almost 18 or 19 guys on the starting roster. Yeah. I know, I think almost everyone on their offense is returning. I think all but maybe a couple are returning on defense. It's like we are both extremely experienced teams. We both know how we like to play. It's it's going to be a fun game, and I'm looking forward for a four-quarter four battle. Now, um, have you seen the weather for Saturday? I don't believe the weatherman okay. because we last year it was 60s, 70s during practice week, and yeah. then it was snowing. Yeah. So, yes, it says it's going to be 50 degrees and sunny, but I will see on Saturday. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, like, last from last year to this year, even the first year, too, like, well mm – -hmm. The first year that us seniors had yeah, Monon COVID. back. Um, even then, like, no one had any idea it was supposed to snow. They just knew it was going to be cold. And then it snowed right before the game. I so. mean, yeah, last Tuesday, of our first week of practice on bye week, it was snowing. And yeah. then by the end of the week, it was 60 degrees. Yeah. And so, and then now we're starting off at 70s, and it says it's going to be 50 degrees or yeah. 55 and sunny. I. I'll say I'll see it on Saturday. Fair enough. All right, so I wanted to talk about um, your guys' two close games, and I wanted to compare them to Wabash, although I didn't actually look at – I only looked at scores. I should have looked at the box score. However, I did not. Um, so for Denison, you guys took home the win 17-6. to I think this was the fall break game. Um, um, no, fall break was Wittenberg. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, right, because I remember that. I remember, like, watching the whole time. Being like, oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, so um, Wabash lost to them. This was their only loss, and they lost by four points. So they, they, their score was 24 to 28. So I want you to walk me through the Denison game. Tell me a bit about it. Tell me about, like, what was going through your guys' mind, seeing as how this wasn't a blowout like all the other – most of the other conference games that you guys have played. For Denison, we just come in with the same mindset we have every week of just come in, play our brand of football, and we'll let the score dictate itself. We don't overhype anything. I mean, even with Mona, we try to stay even keel. I'm sure things will get riled up when Saturday happens, but we've been staying level-headed this whole week, and we just think about going 1-0, thinking about winning Saturday, and then we'll worry about what happens afterwards. And so with Denison, it was – come out we knew they were going to be physical we knew they had big guys strong and they had a reason to be upset with the score last year and we knew we were going to get their best punch and so with that it, I mean they sent the house a lot in the first half and then guys were able to start getting picked up defense made play after play after play like they they helped us stay in this game and we even when offense was struggling we were able to come out with a win and show why yeah. That contest was able to happen. And then you say with Wittenberg, it was just kind of a defense was struggling initially, but then they found it found a way to get together in the second half. Same thing with offense. We mm -hmm. we understood just play play our brand of football, be excited, be happy yeah. to be there, take advantage of every opportunity we have. So because you've already talked about the Wittenberg game, I want to talk about the scores uh, between you guys and Wabash. So you guys beat them forty one to thirty five in overtime and Wabash had beat them fifty two to twenty. In regular time, do you think that that, um, you know, do you think that that means that like okay they like might have a leg up or maybe it was just a good game? A lot of times you th you can't really compare scores between Fair. weeks because you could just have a bad week one week. I remember when we started off Rose Holman, we didn't fire on all cylinders on offense, and yet we put up I think it was twenty something points, maybe thirty. I don't remember off the top of my head to be mm -hmm. honest. Uh, and so Wabash. From what I heard, I had some friends that go there and some loose connections, but 
we realistically, I heard, gave them the keys to the castles of that game. They saw how we had set them up offensively and how they were able to be exploited via formations. And so it's obviously you're able to con- compare and contrast weeks, but at the same time, Monon is its own entire beast. Right. Well, and, and like, I totally forgot that how much scouting goes into, like, mm-hmm. D3 sports in general, but specifically at DePaul, it's a whole other beast in and of itself. And so, like, when another team, Wabash, watches how DePaul, mm-hmm. who's 7-0, and number one in the conference right now, mm-hmm. plays a team, has a very close game, I mean, like you said, they have – they have all the keys to the castle. They know exactly what they're doing now. Yeah, I mean, even when – because it was ironic. Last year it seemed like every team we'd play, Wabash would play them the week before. Yeah. And so all the players were able to watch the film of Wabash just passively. Yeah. And ironically, this year the roles have reversed. I think we've played every team that Wabash has played ahead of them. And so even Wittenberg was the week before. Denison was the only anomaly. Or no, we had played Denison right before mm-hmm. Wabash had done it. So – it's, I'm sure they've been watching our film, they've been scouting us, they've seen what mm-hmm. we fail at, what we're good at, and they're going to try and send it, send all the pressure they can toward those who are unable, I'm not going to say unable to perform, but those that the, the flaws that we do have, like, mm-hmm. they're going to try and exploit them as best as they can. Yeah. So, um, what do you, do you think that there's anything different between this year and last year, or this year and um, our sophomore year? Or do you think, like, Monon is always, like, for you at least, is always the same thing? It's, there is no game that's the exact same, especially with this game. There's so no, can you talk about those differences? There's, I mean, sophomore year, we were an entirely different team. We really didn't know what to expect. That whole season was a roller coaster, and mm-hmm. so when we came into Monon, we were almost, I don't want to say shocked, but we didn't expect to get the lead we did, and so mm-hmm. we took the foot off the pedal. And then you come into, like, Wabash took advantage of the opportunity that, that was given to them. Like, mm-hmm. we we backed off, and they, they ended up winning the game. I'm not going to say we deserved that win that game because we didn't. Mm-hmm. And then last year it was just we the goal was to stay even keel, never mm-hmm. get too high, don't ride the waves. And so this year I don't know what's going to happen. That story will be written on Saturday. Fair enough. Um, so what is DePaul football like? Like just in general terms, like without giving anything away, like I don't want you to go in here and tell me what the game plan is, but like like what is DePaul football in essence like? I mean, those coaches and them players already know what we are, who we are, our goals. The Like the offensive line, we're a big group of guys. We're brothers at this point. We've played – Almost all of us have played every single snap together in every game, Blake Coffin being the anomaly, but he's finally getting his legs back under him, and we're just one unit at this point. Our skill players make big plays, and we love to, I don't want to say control the ball, but our off- we're, our offense is slow and steady, and given the opportunity, we'll see what we can do with the big play. And then defense is just shut down. They Their entire goal is to just beat, like, break your will. That's that's (laughs) the only way I can say it is to try to break your will. And so when the number one offense and number one defense play each other every week, it's real fun because there's always a lot of talk in practice. Yeah. Everyone's always their best competitor in practice. That's awesome. Um, So you had talked about – Sorry, let me back up. <laughs> I'm getting way too ahead of myself right now. Um, so I know you specifically have battled a couple injuries while playing here. Um, yeah. You want to talk about those? Talk about you know what happened and coming back uh, from them? Everyone gets the injury bug, especially at this level. We just 
stuff happens. I hurt my knee, hurt my shoulder, hurt my head, went to the hospital. I mean, anything you can ever imagine. I've probably I was going to say, it. you've had a couple concussions now, right? Oh, I've only had the one. We've With that, we actually went to all the new Vices trench helmets. It's the Vices oh, okay. O2 with a trench attachment. And so those are medically and scientifically proven to reduce con- concussions. And mm-hmm. so we've only had one this entire year on both sides of the ball, one concussion. Wow. And so realistically, that's not been a battle we've had to fight. And our athletic training staff, Lindsay and Kat, they're the best. <laughs> yeah. They, they somehow deal with 130 guys plus their other respective sports. Mm-hmm. And ironically, we're calling this the Fight for Mike Week because Wabash had taken uh, one of our athletic trainers, Mike, and so we all call this the fight for Mike because we want to get him back. Isn't he coming back anyway? I thought he was only going for football season and then coming back. I don't know. And if he is, it's still a fight for Mike. We, we love Mike. We want Fair to get enough. him back. I, I did really like Mike when I worked with him one time. I had, uh, I had shin splints last year, and I had them really bad. And so, yeah, and because Kara was still working with basketball, uh-huh. Kara never had time to see me. <laughs> and so I worked with Mike. Mike would always take care of me. I always, like, the small little nuanced things, like how I enjoyed my wrist tape and stuff like that. Like, Mike knew how I like those. And so those little small details with the athletic training staff, and they know how players like getting work done. Or yeah. when it comes to getting rehab, like, they know certain things that hurt, and they always try to avoid that and make sure that we as athletes are always prepared for the weekends. Yeah. No, they don't get enough credit. No. No way. There's, there's no chance they get enough credit, and they're always, like, the unsung heroes of a team, regardless yeah. of sport. Yeah. So um, I kind of want to talk about, too, the transition from high school football to DePaul football. What was that like for you? If you can remember a time when you did that. (laughs) I mean, high school was so long. I know, right? Four years. We almost feel geriatric at this point. (laughs) Especially playing football for you, too. I bet everything hurts when you stand up. I mean, yeah. I've learned, actually, losing weight helps reduce my pains and aches. But that's not a point that needs to be made. But high school football for me was insane. I played 2A Indiana high school football. We, I had 55 guys on my entire team. Every single person went 2A. Like, wow. There was no strength coach that we had to like get us ready. It was just the head coach that was also a history teacher. Yeah. And halfway a pastor. Like he had. He was wearing so many different hats that at the same time, like football was just football to us. It wasn't like how you see Ben Davis or Brownsburg, where it's a job and a lifestyle to play football. For us, it was just fun. Like, yeah. Me and my nine seniors that are, I'm all still great friends with, like, that was that was us. That was our fun time. And it wasn't exactly the greatest football, but it was, at the time, you're thinking you're playing for the Super Bowl when you're playing against Greencastle. Right, right. Like, that was, that was our Super Bowl was Greencastle, and ironically enough, I'm now playing in Greencastle. Yeah, I was going to say, I always forget, like, talking to you that you are from around here, that you're from yeah. close to here. Well, I'm, I'm a local. I, yeah. I played at North Putnam, and I live 20 minutes from campus. I'm almost perfectly in the middle between us, us and Crawfordsville. And actually, during oh. COVID, I used to – the only gym I could find was in Crawfordsville. I used to lift there. And so <laughs> going into freshman year, the only open gym I could find was there. And yeah. it was, I thought it was really ironic, but that's – Iron Smith's gym did me well. <laughs> Big shout out, apparently. I mean, they did me well, and they've got great facilities. Fair enough. I won't stop myself. From Except that. for the fact that they're in Crawfordsville. Yeah, but it was a good membership. It was a good <laughs> membership deal. The people yeah. there were fun. So you talked about high school. So what was that transition like? I know, 
I know we're a little bit different because we had COVID, but it was it was ironic because all of the coaches that recruited me here with the change of the head coach from Bill Lynch to Brett Dietz, Coach Brett Dietz, but he like that whole transition. There was a lot of switching house. Like mm-hmm. I think the only two people that have stayed since that regime change was Coach Brett and uh, Coach Sarka. Like those mm-hmm. are the only two pieces that are remaining. And then we've got a new defensive coordinator, D-line coach, my current line coach. She's the best, but that's because I'm biased. Fair enough. But, no, it's it's a change because of every position had a coach. Mm-hmm. And for me, the same guy who coached offensive line also coached defensive line, and he was an offensive line player in college. He didn't know anything about D-line. Yeah. And so it's it was a change in the fact of you're getting your own individualized coaching and being able to be brought up as a freshman instead of, like, okay, now you're kind of a varsity guy. Like, now we can really take interest in you and try to win games. It's like yeah. right now we're all about player development. And even the ones, like, the ones are honing in on their smallest details, and then the young guys are just trying to get the big pieces together. Yeah. So what is it like um, – I know you have never – I don't think you've had this happen, but, like – for the young guys who are possibly listening to this and they're, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what is it I need to do to get on a travel roster or, you know, what is it I need to do to just, like, put on a jersey on game day? Like, what is your kind of advice to them? I mean, it's it's always take advantage of the off season. is what I was trying to do. It'd be the winner. It'd be hitting the weights hard, especially in my position. Mm-hmm. Weights was always a huge, important issue. And then for I guess offensive line because I can't speak for any other position group, but yeah. it was always focused on the technique and the fundamentals. Never worry about oh how hard can I push someone. It's how can I how can I get my hands in to make sure that I get the proper leverage and yeah. stuff like that. It was never how aggressive can I be in the off season because that's aggressiveness only gets you there during season and during games. Right. And so I always focused extremely hard on what can I do differently. What are my hands? Where's my placement? How fast can I get there? And especially, like, the angles. I mean, you being softball, you know everything about, like, the extremely small details. Yeah, like, the very minute, yeah. That's that's the big difference is the de- the devils in the details. Okay. That's, that's what I would say. That's interesting because as someone who, like, now I don't know a ton about football. I'll mm-hmm. never pretend to. <clears throat> I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching your guys' games too. Um, and um, But I, I will never pretend to know – technique for anything but as an as an outsider who just like is watching and just watching for entertainment um it's interesting to hear that there are so like many little things that's what that's honestly what separates a lot of the people that go to the nfl and that aspect and, and i think any professional sport is how good are you at the smallest things yeah especially like pitchers arm angles like not right. tipping any pitch or something like that yeah it's the smallest details um, I think getting like at the D three level, you're a very very raw player. Yeah. And I think that's usually what separates the Division one and the Division three, is size, strength, but then most importantly technique. Yeah. As if a coach at the Division one level is able to just mold you from a very well rounded technical standpoint, yeah. it makes their jobs very much yeah easier. Because I mean, like it's easy to see that like quarterbacks need a special kind of like skill running backs like there are certain like the position like the certain specialty players that like kickers even like 
I understand like that those people, but I didn't realize that linemen too like have all those like fundamental things and those little things that like could get you that leg up. I thought it was just you know smacking into each other. So, sometimes like when you it. when you get on the goal line, it turns into very much just yeah. A, who's who's going to drive the other person off the ball? Yeah. That's that's the only time I would say where just brute strength and like power is going to win you a game mm-hmm. because. I mean, heck, if I don't fit my hips in a block, I'm just going to get thrown in the face. Yeah. In that regards for any position on the offensive and defensive lines. If they don't get proper leverage and stuff like that, they're just going to get tossed like a rag doll. No one cares if you're squat six, 700 pounds or bench, yeah. bench 500. Right. If you can't lock out your arms, no one cares. Yeah. And so it's it's a very much a technical standpoint of a game. And it's only, like you would say, only people that really are this deep into it really understand the, the nuance that goes into things. Yeah, or people who've played before. I mean, I can't pretend I've ever played, mm-hmm. but... Even at the high school level, for us, it was never really about technique. It was just, hey, can you get the dude off the ball real quick? Hey, like, can we can we win this game? Like, yeah. I don't care how you do it, just let's win this game. Yeah, it was definitely, especially at 2A football, it was just win by any means necessary. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. So, you mentioned them already, but I want you to talk about your coaching staff um, and, um, like, what are they like... What's it like to play for them? That kind of stuff. It's it's an extremely fun time being around my coaches. They're all very hyperactive people, very energetic, especially on game days. Like practice is when they're the most energetic. Yeah. But then the games are where the the intensity flies. And so Coach Dees, he's been around this game for so long. He's been a coach here for I believe he said 14 years, especially just at DePaul. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows all the schools, all of their rivalries. And so for him, this is more of a passion game, and he's a very passionate coach. Mm-hmm. He's very much details, details, details. And he's kind of – he loves to emphasize those type of things. Coach Espinoza, he's very just a hype man. Like, he is very energetic, happy. He brings the, ad, brings the juice is what we call it. Yeah. And so he's just – the ultimate hype guy you do something great he's he's letting you hear it it's awesome like the energy that he has with him and Jalen and him and Robbie him and Nate like yeah the energy those three have together those four it's unbelievable and it's kind of fun just sitting there at practice like when mate when Nate makes a great throw or makes the right read he's like let's go yeah and then the same thing with coach Rod like he's He's one of a kind, I would say. He's been extremely focused, and he knows how to say things. And then he also understands that us is like a too deep that we've got. Like, we understand our roles. And so he's been able to take that step back and just focus fully on, like, fundamentals. And so he's um, he's very hype. Like, during games, he's an entirely – I don't want to say different person, but he's he's got that juice. Yeah. All of us, like, the, he, the coaches kind of take a step back on game days and just – like, be themselves, and it's awesome. And then Coach Mannering, I can hear him yelling from the other side of the field. He brings <laughs> that kind of juice. He is him. And then Coach Cernica, like, he's he's a great guy. I've got He's one of my favorite coaches in the way that I've been able to get to know him recently outside of football. He's I love every bit of the wisdom he's got for the DBs. I don't understand what the DBs are doing or why they're doing it, but that's not my position, so I don't yeah. have to know. I just get to know Coach Cernica. And then Coach Mack, I mean, with him being on the D-line, he's he's just fun. Like, the, the vibes he brings and the energy that's brought with it, like, we're all just one big cohort. Yeah. Like, we all rot, feed off each other's energy, and it's a great time. And so the coaching staff in general is just very detail-oriented, and the big goal for all of us is conference. 
Yeah. And outside of conference is winning the bell. Like for us, it's it's an entirely different atmosphere than when I came in as a freshman. Yeah. Because it's it's been a complete change. I would say I couldn't recognize the team from 2020-2021 to these 23 Tigers. Wow. That's Did you know that the bell's going to be ringing the whole game? I mean, I heard it all last or last game. It was it was fun because at the end of the game last year it was like we get to hear it and we're thinking this is our bell now. Yeah. And so now we come out to the game this year, it's defending our bell. That's yeah. the big thing is coming out, winning the game, getting the chance at conference and keeping the bell at home so that way everyone can sit here and ring it over in Lily. Yeah. After last after the last time we were at Wabash and losing it the way we did, I cannot imagine losing it again. No, it's not in my time. I don't I don't ever wish to lose the bell and Saturday will dictate that to begin with. I'm I'm confident in the game plan. I know Wabash is gonna be confident in their game plan and it's gonna be who can execute. That's that's the big part of this game. And I wanna bring it back for the fans, I wanna bring it back for us. Like this game means a lot and I've learned like with playing as many games as we've been in, for me I just treat this like a game. Yeah. I can't treat this like Mona and it's gotta be another game for me and just take it one snap at a time and we've been trying to teach that to the young guys yeah how many times have you i'm going to end with this last with this last question but how many times have you listened to the ballad of the monon bell it's on repeat <laughs> yeah it's been on repeats in sunday for me so <laughs> i thought you said you were playing it all last week too but i guess not no that was last year last year it was like a two week all i listened to that was it Last week was a rough week. I had a lot of things I had to do. So yeah, you see us. You see any football player? I'm sure they're only listening to Battle of the Moon. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. And when I walk around campus, that is all I have going on in my headphones. And everyone's like, or like I'll walk into my house and I'm like, I know you guys listened to it already this morning. And they're like, Kiwi, we've only listened to it once a day. I had I had Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked Katie if she could um, play it in the gym, and I was like asking her. Uh, how many times she had listened to it. She put it on repeat for her whole workout in the gym on yeah, Monday. No, there's, like, sometimes I'll walk by because all my classes are in Lily. Yep. Like, if I'm walking by, I swear almost every time I'm walking by, <laughs> someone's just playing the Moon on the Moon on Bell song. Some of some of the girls were like, oh, my God, I can't work out to the song. This is driving me nuts. And I was <laughs> like, this is driving you nuts. Do you not know what this week is? So, anyway. But yeah, so thank you, Adam, for coming on. Thank you for talking about Monon. I know it's kind of a touchy subject for you guys, but... It's try to avoid all distractions, and yet this is... Here I am. (laughs) And yet you did... I I asked you, like... I think I asked you a couple weeks into the semester. No, it was like before I even reported for camp, you texted me. (laughs) Yeah, I was a little bit ahead of myself, but... Alrighty, everybody. Well, thank you for tuning in Um, next week. Caitlin will be back, um, and we'll figure out what we're covering from there. Hope you guys have a good week. Enjoy Monon, and stay tuned in, Tigers.